Praise be to God. We will uh, go into the word of God now. And, and I want you to bring your attention uh, to the book of James. Uh, today, we want to, to look at the book of James. And, and here in the, the book of James, I want you to bring your attention to the second chapter, James chapter number two. And I want to read for you hearing a, a few verses uh, of that particular text. Uh, James chapter 2, and I want to read for you hearing verses 17 through 20, James chapter number 2, verses 17 through 20, and the word of God reads, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me that faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Verse 20 says this, but if, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I want to share a word with you this, this morning from this particular text entitled Faith Alive. Faith Alive. You know, as we look at that word or, or consider that word alive, it means having life, not dead or innate, still in existence, still having force, still in operation. But I want to focus on the, the, the portion of it that says having life. Uh, you know, in times like these, uh, our faith must be alive. Uh, we can no longer talk about how much faith we have. Uh, we can no longer talk about what we would do if given the opportunity. In times like this, we can no longer talk about what others should do or what people aren't doing, beloved. Now is the time for God's people to show that our faith is alive. Now is the time for God's people to activate the faith that we have been standing on and back our words with action. Now is the time that our faith becomes activated, beloved. Uh, there are souls that need to be saved in this season right here. Uh, there are the hungry that need to be fed. There are those that are broken that need to be mended. There are those that are angry that need to be healed. Beloved, now is the time of actions. Uh, uh, we can no longer stand behind our stained glass windows. We can no longer stand behind our four walls. We can no longer stand behind our pulpits. We can no longer stand behind our programs and, and fundraising services. Now was the time for we us to activate our faith. Now was the time for us to put action behind all that we have been saying, all that we have been talking about, all that we have been preaching about, all that we have been singing about. Now was the time to show the world that the church can be and will be part of the solution. The church has to be part of the solution. And I'm not talking about the building, beloved, but you and me, we are the church. And if we are the church, we are 
part of the solution. We need to activate our faith and put action with our words so that we will be a part of what God is doing as he is transforming and as he is shifting and as things are happening around us, we cannot just be witnesses to the activity around us, but we have to be participants in the change that God is bringing about. Is your faith alive? Is your faith alive? Scholars believe that the James that authored this book of the Bible was Jesus' brother, James. It is dated to have been written between A.D. 40 and A.D. 50, about to 10 to 20 years after the crucifixion of Jesus. It was written to warn early believers of some habits that have, had, they had developed that undermined the essence of what they believe. Things such as favoritism, slander, pride, the misuse of wealth, and the lack of patience. But here in our text this morning, uh, James addresses uh, an argument, possibly a debate, perhaps, that, that may have been raging within the church, uh, something that, that he had witnessed, observed, or heard um, hovering within the, uh, the circles of the people about faith and, and works, actions and activity, uh, uh, faith and, and talking about faith and, and expressing faith, and, and then also the, the, the actions of meeting the needs of those around. And so James uh, makes it a point to address this particular issue. And in beginning in verse number 14, he says this, he says, what good is it? My brother, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If, if one of you say to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about the physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith. I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Verse 19 says this, you believe that there is one God. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith, his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Verse 24, you see that the, a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? Verse 28, uh, 26 says this, and the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without deeds is dead. 
James here is, is not saying that good works is required for salvation or that deeds are more important than belief. But what James is saying here is that our belief should produce good works. Our faith should move us into action. That our faith in and of itself is not going to meet the needs of those God puts before us. And it puts us in places where we see need and don't do anything. God puts us in those places that we may put action along with our faith. Here in our text, James describes two types of faith. He first presents to us faith without deeds and shows us that it is dead. So understand, beloved, faith without deeds is dead. It's dormant. It's dead faith. It's, it's faith that, that's not alive. It's faith that has not yet been activated. It is dormant. It is there. It is, it is producing uh, 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 intellectual uh, conversation. It is something that we know about, but maybe we haven't witnessed. It is something that we have been taught, but we have not tapped into. It's something that we have spoken of, but that not have spurred into existence. And, and so this, this Greek word used here for dead is nekros. It means dead, lifeless, uh, subject to death or mortal, uh, lifeless. So faith without deeds is lifeless. Uh, faith that stops at the intellectual level is not genuine because if I have true faith, then I look at the things that I see before me and, and I know that there is something greater than that. I, I, I look at the problems around me and, and when God urges me to do something, I don't just stop at knowing that God is able, but I say, God, how can I be a participant in what you're trying to do? Uh, verse 17 says this, and I'm reading the Amplified Version. I'm going to remind you of it. He says, so to faith, if it does not have works to back it up, it's by itself dead and operable and ineffective. He said, if it doesn't have works accompanying it, it is ineffective. It is in operable. See, our actions should back up what we're saying. See, our, our actions should back up what we are preaching. Our actions should back up what we a proclaim to be of what the church is about. If the church is about helping, then we should be helping. If the church is about giving, then we should be giving. If the church is about healing, then we should be part of healing. If the church is about meeting the needs of the poor, then we should be meeting the needs of the poor. If the church is about encouraging, then we should be encouragers. See, it is not enough to have faith. We must have action with our faith. See, those that are hurting, those that are angry, those that are hungry, those that are blind to their sin condition require more than words. Hallelujah. See, those that are broken require more than you just telling them they can be healed, but they need someone to help them through the healing process. See, the person that is hungry needs more than you telling them that that, that Jesus is the bread of life. Uh, they need some real bread and nourishment to drive back those hunger pains so that when their stomach stops growling, then their ears can open up and their hearts can be receptive. See, the person who is angry and bitty, bitter and has 
has unforgiveness in their heart. They need more than just the word of God, uh, 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 need more than just your faith, beloved, but they need you to show them the word of God in action. They need you to show them kindness. They need you to show them gentleness. They need you to not only talk about the spirit gives us these things, but they need you to show them that in action so that they will see that not everybody is trying to take advantage. They will see that not everybody is trying to hurt them. They will see that not everybody they let get close to them will abuse them or mistreat them. See, they need to see your faith in action. See, they would rather see a sermon than to hear one any time of the day. See, they would rather see you show them the word in your life than just preach it with your mouth. See, I can talk about reaching out, but if I don't ever extend my hand, then that's just lip service. See, we have to be willing to extend our hand. We have to be willing to back up what we're teaching and preaching. We have to be willing to back up more than and show that our churches are more than just mottos. Our churches are more than just slogans. Our churches are more than just vision statements and mission statements. Our churches are more than just this um Places where we come together, social clubs per se, country clubs where people come together and, and have a good time. Our churches are hospitals and healing places. Our churches are springboards. Our churches are training ground to send out missionaries to touch and impact lives. We have to be more than just a building. We are an organism, a living, breathing organism that has an objective, and that is to heal the land, to be salt and light, to be solutions to problems, to be breath to dead situations, to change and transform everything we come in contact with. Faith without deeds, Paul says, I mean, James says, is dead. But then he says that there is another kind of faith, and, and this faith is combined with action. Faith with action is alive. It is active. It's living faith. Uh, uh, this, this, this word for action or works or deeds is ergon, which is a, is a noun. It's a thing. It's talking about work. It's talking about a task. It's talking about action. It's talking about deeds. It's talking about employment. It's, it's saying that, 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 that we must have some activity. There must be some work being done. There must be some lifting. There must be some actions going on that, that, that are birthed out of faith. Our actions or our deeds earn us nothing, beloved, but they prove that our faith is genuine. See, they prove that our faith is, is real. They prove that our faith is, 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 is flowing from a place that empowers us, that strengthens us, and that pushes us into action. Right faith leads to right action. Uh, James uses Abraham and Rahab as, as, as case studies for his argument. He says that, that you may say to me, uh, well, well, faith is enough. And, and actions or, or deeds are not required. But, but he uses Abraham and Rahab as a, as, as a case study for his argument. He says, okay, 
You say that, but let me show you uh, how God responded to the actions of a faithful man. He said, that, think about Abraham when he took Isaac on the mountain and, and he went to sacrifice him because he was willing to trust God, hallelujah, and even give up his only son because God instructed him to. He said that God called his obedience and his actions for righteousness and rewarded him. He said, think about Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Hallelujah. Her life was, was filled with some bad choices and imperfection, but because she gave lodging to the spies and she acted in a way that responded to faith and believing that the God of the Israels were gonna, was going to defeat this great city she was in, God gave her, rewarded her for her actions as righteousness. So he says, look at these two, two case studies. Look at these two, the lives of these two people and tell me that their actions combined with their faith wasn't rewarded by God. He says, tell me that God didn't see their actions as a overflow and an outgrowth of their faith and not reward them or not bless them. He says in verse 24, the Amplified, he says, you see that a man, a man, a believer is justified by works and not by faith alone. That is, by acts of obedience, a born-again believer reveals his faith. James says, through his actions, a born-again believer reveals his faith. It's through our actions that we show that what we believe is more than just uh, 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 some a lofty thought, but it is the foundation for our life, and it is the thing that allows us the the opportunity or the the confidence to spring out. Because hope is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But my faith tells me that I have the confidence in knowing that my God can do all things. I have the confidence in knowing that I may not have all the answers or the, the end. I don't know how the end's going to be, but I know my God is going to carry me to the end. See, I don't have to know it all. I just have to know that my God is in it. See, I don't need to know every step from point from step one to the end. But if I know that my God is in it, then I am so confident in the fact that when I complete step one, God will show me how to do step two. When I complete step two, God will show me and reveal to me how to do step three. That I believe that, that God will order my footsteps throughout the whole process. That I believe that whatever God brings me to, he's going to bring me through it. I believe that whatever door God opens up, God's going to give me the strength to walk through it and that when I get in the room, he's going to give me everything I need to, to thrive and to be successful in the room. He will not bring me into a room and not have equipped me with, with everything I need for the room. Do you hear me? See, we have to believe that God has given us what we need to activate and to act in, in a way that blesses those that we come in contact with. We can't be worried about acting and, and, and our actions and moving in our faith because we're unsure about what comes next. We have to move so that we can see God move in us. See, uh, James says uh, a believer is justified. This word here for justified is decayo. And it means to show to be righteous. He said a believer is shown to be righteous through his actions. A believer is shown to be righteous, meaning that, that it's their, their actions show and exemplify and, and, and are the thing that, that validates 
their righteousness. See, my, my, my faith validates that I'm what I said I am. My faith validates that, that I'm not just talking it, but I'm walking it, right? Our actions birth out our, are, are birthed out of our faith. Our actions are birthed out of our faith and show the world and all who are watching that our faith is genuine and real and not just lip service. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards them who earnestly and diligently seek him. Here, the writer tells us that, that the word tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. And pleasing God happens when we have faith and apply it with action. See, we have to activate our faith and we have to act upon our faith. See, faith beckons us to move in obedience and obedience allows, allow, always requires action on our part. I'm going to say that one more time because you need to hear that in your spirit. Faith beckons or calls us to move in obedience. And obedience always requires action on our part. God told Abraham, go and sacrifice your only son. And Abraham had to go. Abraham went, but Abraham had faith throughout his going. How do you know he had faith, Pastor? Because he was he spoke to those who were with him when he was about to go up on the mountainside. He said, stay here. Me and the lad are going to go up a little further and worship, and we will return. He didn't know how God was going to do it, but he had enough faith that God did not bring him that far to forsake him. See, we must understand that faith beckons us to do what God has called us to do. Faith beckons us to move into action. Faith beckons us to walk in the vision. Faith beckons us to walk in the calling or to walk in the assignment that God has placed on our life. And when we are obedient to the call, then that requires it always requires action. You can't be obedient to the instruction and sit down and not do anything. When you are obedient to instruction, you begin to execute the instructions that are received from the one giving the instruction. Your instructors don't tell you to do something and then expect for you to sit there immo immobile and not move. And when you get instruction, the, the, the instructor expects that when at the conclusion of the instruction, that action follows the instruction. See, we must receive the instruction and then act out of obedience to do that which God has called us to do. And then James concludes his argument and he says, just as the body without the spirit is dead, death Faith without works is dead. Just as the body without the spirit is dead and has no life, faith without works is dead and have no life. In order for a body to be active, in order for a body to be functional, like the soul and the spirit must still be there. 
As soon as the spirit transitions, the physical shell, the physical body no longer has life. It no longer has the ability to do anything. Faith without actions is dead. Faith without the, 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 the power to move and to do, faith without the response of action is dead. Beloved, millions of people have enrolled in unemployment, unemployment benefits. When you look on the news, you see in various cities uh, uh, lines of cars and lines of people uh, are waiting to receive food, waiting to, to, to receive um, care packages from ministries and organizations all around our nation. People are, 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 are looking for assistance. People are looking for help. Beloved, and we cannot turn a blind eye to what we're seeing. Uh, we cannot just talk about what needs to be done. We cannot just look at the, what we see play out on the news and, and on the internet and then say, well, that's happening somewhere else or, or that's not happening in my neighborhood or, or, or this organization is going to do it and, and this ministry is going to take care of it. They're bigger than me. They, they have more resources than me. They have more time than me. I'm telling you right now, beloved, that God is calling you to action as well. You may not be able to do it on the scale that other people are able to do it. You may not have the resources that other people may have. You may not be called to the same level of responsibility that other people are at, but God is calling you into action. Your faith must be alive. Your faith must be activated. You must step out on faith, even if that means uh, 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 helping one person. Hallelujah. Even if that means helping the, the person you sit beside at work, or maybe it's the person that you, you see in the grocery store, or maybe it's the person that you pass every day when you're getting your coffee, or whatever the case may be, whoever it is, beloved, God is calling you to action because you are the church, and the church is to respond to the needs of the people. James said, what good is it for a person that you know that God brings before your path and to be able to witness their plight? You see that they are hungry. You see that they have no clothing. You see that they are broke. You see that they are broken. You see that they're distraught. You see that they're depressed. And you tell them, go in peace and be well. But you don't do anything to change their circumstance. James says, that's not real faith. That's not real faith. Faith says, I have something that you need, and I'm going to give it to you. Peter said to the lame man at the beautiful gate, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do give you, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Grab up your mat, stand up, and walk. We may not have what the person thinks they need, but what we do have is what they really need. You have faith. And God will give you what you need to meet the responsibility and fulfill the assignment that God has on your life. But your faith must be alive. Our faith must be alive. Is yours? Are you committed to acting on what God shows you must be done? Or are you going to stay on the sideline? Are you going to stay and be a commentator, or are you going to be a participant? Are you going to be content to just talk about what's happening or be a part of what God is doing? 
Your faith must be alive. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. Beloved, there may be one that's connected with us that doesn't know Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins. My prayer is that, that you come to know him like I know him. I cannot tell you the answer to all your problems, but I can tell you about the one who can. I may not be able to meet every one of your needs, but I can tell you the one who can meet all of your needs. His name is Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my friend. He is my joy and my peace. So I pray that if there is one that doesn't know him, connect with us, connect with us, inboxes, send us a message. Let us know that you want to give your life to Jesus and we will connect with you and we will help you in that process. Let us pray. Dear God, we come now to thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you're doing. Lord God, we thank you for this word. We thank you for ministering through James on today, reminding us that faith without action is not alive, but it is very dead. But now is the time that the world needs your church to not only talk about faith, but we have to activate our faith and combine actions indeed, and work with the faith that we have. Lord God, build us up, strengthen us, give us vision, give us clarity and revelation that we will not just be busybodies, but that we will be effective in the work that we do, that it will use that our work will build up your kingdom, that it will exalt your name, and that it will impact lives for your glory, God. Lord, I pray for the one who doesn't know you in the pardon of their sin. I pray that they will be moved to reach out and that we can help them connect and, and grow in you, God, that we can help them allow you to be their Lord and their Savior. Lord, I pray that you just be with all those that are hurting across the land. Be with all those that are protesting. Be with all those that are protecting our nation. Be with all those that are leading. Lord God, then be with your church leaders and your, your daughters and your sons. Let us be a light unto this world. Let us be the salt unto this world. Let us be an agent of change and part of the solution. We thank you, God. We praise you and we give you the glory. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask for or think. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God Rest ruling about with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. And we all say amen, amen, and it is so in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord, and we'll see you next time.